0: Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. If you've had a baby, did you breastfeed or formula feed your baby? How do you feel about your decision? Were you supported in the choice you made? Somehow, the way we feed our babies has become a controversial decision, particularly if you decide not to breastfeed. Fiona Cardillo is a mum who recently posted about her experience formula feeding on Breastfeeding Awareness Week. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Hello. I'm well, thanks. Let's start at the very beginning. Um, Can you tell us how you came to formula feed your first baby?
1: Yeah. So I certainly didn't intend on formula feeding. In fact, when I was pregnant, I didn't even, you know, when you're doing all the buying your baby items, I didn't even buy bottles or a breast pump or anything to support (laughs) myself in case breastfeeding didn't work out. I just assumed all I needed was my boobs. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but... Uh, and I even, you know, I prepared myself. I went to ABA classes and I read books about breastfeeding because I had been told that it can be tricky. But when my son was born, um, it was just extraordinarily painful, which I know a lot of people say is normal in the early days, but it never got better. It just kept uh, that pain level, remained. And more troubling was the fact that he was just not getting enough milk. So you know they're supposed to lose a bit of weight and then put it back on after birth. Um, he never put on the right amount of weight, um, and we ended up we were in hospital for six days trying to get breastfeeding established. And they don't like to discharge you unless it is established, but they also need the beds, so they kind of mm. just ended up kicking me out after six days um, <laughs> with this baby who, you know, was having trouble latching. And my boobs were bleeding and. Um, he wasn't putting on weight. He hadn't done a poo after six days, which is pretty unusual for a newborn baby. So that was pretty concerning.
0: That just sounds like a whole world of pain. You'd be tired. You'd be worried. You'd be sleep deprived. I mean, how, how far did it have to go before you considered using formula? Mm, Much further. Well, well.
1: What happened next was we were sort of told when we left, look, if he hasn't done a poo within the next 24 hours, that's kind of a medical emergency and you need to get uh, a doctor to come to the house and assess him. So that was a pretty alarming way to not the way I intended to take my first baby home (laughs) with that kind of info on board. Um, But I still, I still didn't want to give him formula. And this is the stuff that I've looked back on and gone, Oh my God, I was so indoctrinated, but I was, I'd been told by the ABA that if you give formula at any point, it really reduces your chances of successfully breastfeeding because they sort of acclimatise to the bottle teat instead of your breast. And um, it's easier to get milk from a bottle than it is from a breast. So they, they like that and they won't work as hard to get the milk from the breast and all of that stuff. So I just had all that stuff so firmly in my head and it I guess really had put anxiety in me about giving formula. So I... I had my husband and my mother at the time came home with us because she was sort of off buying breast pumps and things because I wasn't prepared for any of that, um, sort of saying, just give this baby some formula, please, like begging with me. And I was so reticent. But I think on about day eight, we had the doctor come in who did – actually, he kind of said, you know, it's not that big a deal that he hasn't done a poo. So that was another weird piece of misinformation in the mix. But – yeah. Um, I gave a little bit of formula to him um and started the slippery slope of formula
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh what because you were um, feeding a hungry baby <laughs> yeah, I know I just it's yeah, um were you actually worried i mean you mentioned those um things like that the baby might get more used to the bottle and he might like the taste of formula, all that sort of stuff. were you ever actually? thinking that formula was going to be somehow bad for him or worse than your breast milk?
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, that was the entire motivation around being so committed to breastfeeding because I'd been completely indoctrinated with the idea that that breast milk was kind of a magical way of ensuring that your child had optimum health and, and even, you know, was appropriately emotionally nourished and all of those psychological aspects. So formula just felt like not just sort of a second best but like a, a really terrible choice and I was doing everything I could to prevent that happening um and I had in my head that if you give a little bit yeah you're going to go on this to pre basically and it's going to end up happening so that's a very anxiety provoking place to be and then it gets so confirmed because there are all these um you know when you buy formula there are big pop-up big um oh sorry stickers stickers um all over them telling you that breast is best and that this is not a great decision that you're making basically um and even when you go to formula um web pages because i started sort of trying to find the best one at that stage and do a bit of research every time you go to a formula um ad or a page that from a formula feeding company you get these pop-ups and you have to kind of say yes I'm okay to go through to this page like a
0: warning (laughs) pop-up. Oh Jesus, that's pretty full-on. Very (laughs) full-on. And so in this process you mentioned you started with um, a little bit and then it ended up being that you you formula fed him, um, exclusively formula fed him?
1: Well there was a There was a long – well, there was a three – it felt like a long time at the time. There was a three-month journey until we actually went to Exclusive Formula because I was –
0: It's a a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was a long time at the time. And and how Um, do you –
0: how would you rate your mental health over that period of three months?
1: Yeah, I'm – I mean, I think at the time I felt like I was kind of surviving and I was certainly managing to enjoy him as much as I could and felt reasonably resilient. But when I look back, I think, God, I don't really know how I did get through that. I mean, I was exhausted because I was pumping. In order to try to get the breastfeeding happening, I was basically pumping every couple of hours 24-7, so all through the night. So I would – the bre- the mixed feeding thing is such hard work because, you know, you try to breastfeed – for a good twenty minutes, half an hour. And when it's not going well, it takes it takes that full amount of time, if not longer, because you're reattaching all the time and then not getting much out. So you're trying, trying, trying. Then they haven't got enough. So then they need a top up. So your partner gives the top up while you go and pump. And by the time you've done all that, they've mm. kind of had a little nap and it's time to feed again when they're a newborn. Mm. So you don't you get maybe like a ten, fifteen minute sleep in there. And then you're yeah. back on that whole bandwagon again
0: No wonder it took three months. You wouldn't have had a straight thought in your head for most of that time.
1: Yeah, I don't think I was really able to step back. I just felt like in survival mode a bit and a bit like there is no other option. I've just got to keep. And I I saw about four different lactation consultants and tried all kinds of things. I mean, I did all of the, you know, the lactation cookies and teas and herbs. And (laughs) someone even told me to drink Guinness beer at the time. I don't think I actually tried that. Um, or maybe I did. God, I think I did. I think I had Guinness. Um, and it's a lot of
0: iron in Guinness, so you know. Yeah, is that what it is? Yeah. I think so. I didn't know that it helped with breast milk, but well, I apparently. did know that it had a lot of iron.
1: <laughs> well, who knows? It might be a wives' table. But I liked that idea. I was like, yeah, I probably do need a beer at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I um, bet. And I even tried one of the lactation consultants. Um, I think because she could tell how desperate I was to make it work, recommended this thing called a supply line, which is like a little um, tube that you tape, you tape to your breast. So the and you feed formula through the tube, so the baby kind of is like kind of thinking that they're getting like that they're breastfeeding, whereas actually it's formula because they're not getting enough breast milk. But it's supposed to help encourage supply and. and and all of that and it was a nightmare I mean the tape sort of made my my breast tissue all get aggravated so then I've got all these like you know red marks all over my boobs and I was getting mastitis and stuff as well and um and I was on metilium I don't know if you've heard of that that's a drug that you actually get from your doctor to help increase your supply oh Um, wow yeah I did all the things you did
0: everything you did everything so you did post about this experience um i saw the post on a mother's group um facebook page Mm -hmm. and i was so intrigued to ask you what the responses were like Um, it was during uh breastfeeding awareness week and basically you were saying look just a shout out for any moms out there who are feeling a bit sensitive that they weren't able to breastfeed it can be really triggering this week this is my experience how did people take that post
1: yeah I mean there was a huge response so um that was interesting in itself I guess it's a really controversial one so I I suppose I wasn't too surprised by that but I would say most of the comments were women who um who really needed to feel like it was okay that they formula fed whether they had done it years ago or whether they were in the middle of trying to make that decision now like there was a lot of um, really painful stories actually like people talking about just feeling like they'd failed their child and failed as a mother and that they had sort of risked postnatal depression or gone through uh, quite a few women had said that they'd gone through really serious postnatal depression and they they put that down to their commitment to breastfeeding yeah. Um, so there was a lot of that um, and there was backlash as well from people sort of saying you know people that feel that breastfeeding still needs to be advocated for more and that that's why World Breastfeeding Week exists and that you know it's not a time to talk about formula feeding um, which I feel differently about because I think it's a triggering week for women who can't breastfeed or even women who choose to to, to um, formula feed
0: And doesn't the issue seem to be that if we were even saying it's triggering, then something has gone wrong in the way we talk about breastfeeding. Yeah. Like women who cannot breastfeed, it's too hard for them, should not feel shame. They shouldn't feel any kind of PTSD. I mean, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. When you remember what it was like. Yeah. During such a vulnerable time in your life. I mean, something's gone wrong if women are feeling that way when they can't yeah. feed their baby and then they use formula like yeah that can't be what people are trying to achieve
1: yeah yeah 100 percent. because how is that helping anyone I mean how is that good for the babies either that's what I don't understand you know if you're saying it's such a definitive black and white statement breast is best you know that gets bandied about it just doesn't consider there's so many nuances in people's experiences and their family situations and their, you know, their financial situations and their partners, the siblings of the other babies, just all the things that go into what makes up a happy baby and a happy mother.
0: And apart from anything else, it's people telling women what to do with their bodies, which I understand um, when health advocates say it's about what's best for the baby and but all of a sudden as soon as you have a baby, how you have the baby, how you breastfeed the baby or if you breastfeed or if you don't, how you feed the baby, all becomes something that everybody else is able to tell you what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. and we And it seems so bizarre that in every other way we respect women's autonomy but when it comes to childbirth, it's something else entirely.
1: Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I did, um, so this time around, so that was six years ago and I have a, a one-year-old now. When it didn't work out with her either, I quit a lot earlier this time. I learned from my first experience. Um, so I only breastfed her for about two weeks and then I just, it was all going in the same direction and I thought, no, we're not doing that this time. <laughs> um, and I, what I did is I deliberately went out and looked at research that would help confirm my decision because I wanted to feel aligned and good about it you know I didn't want to feel like I'd I'd failed and and I listened to some podcasts and things and it was so helpful because it just helped me understand um, I guess just the history of why it's become such a big deal and why the pressure is there and that a lot of it's just based on you know I don't know messaging to do with like Things that went wrong with Nestlé back in the seventies, and you know all these, and and even the fact that it used to be very much a feminist kind of uh, pro-feminist ideal to support breastfeeding because there was an idea that women get really shamed for breastfeeding and they need to be more supported in their breastfeeding. But that doesn't mean that that's the whole story. Like there are a lot of really good feminist feminist arguments um, for formula feeding. Mm. So that helped me feel aligned, and even a lot of the um, the research on why breastfeeding is so far superior from a health perspective is not very well conducted. Like it's not, it's not all that valid. So that helped as well. I kind of just Mm. fed myself with all the things I needed to hear.
0: Yes. And I suppose the other thing is that um, supporting women who formula feed is not taking away from women who breastfeed. It's not, trying to say mm-hmm. one is better than the other yeah. it's trying to say look if if this is what you need to do to keep yourself well and your baby healthy then it it's kind of a no brainer
1: yeah yeah 100% yeah i know i think there's a lot of um one of the things i feel quite passionate about is the idea that being a good mother is about modeling Uh, being a happy whole person, not about sacrificing your entire being for your child. Um, And I think that comes into this because if you're a happy mother who's, you know, not in pain all the time and maybe has a partner who can do some of the feeds and you're getting more sleep, then maybe you have a bit more to give to your child. And that's not true for everyone because breastfeeding works out for a lot of people. But if it's not working out, then, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's such an interesting topic. Fiona, thank you so much for speaking with us today. That's okay. Thank you. That was Fiona Cardillo. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at au. See you next time.